episode 38. All right. All right. It's the Chance yep. of Gaming Podcast, episode 38. All, I'm here from, Wait, yeah. 38? 38. 38. I don't think we're on 38. 38? All right. We may have to restart this. So let me see. <laughs> I could have swore was it 38. Maybe I meant 48. <laughs> yeah. That sounds more yeah, and more sounds, like All right. So I'll leave it in and make people think, what? Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah, we know you're not going to take it out. So. All right. So it's episode 48. 48. 38 was a, that was a simpler world back in episode 38. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine, like, what was what was going on then. You know, what was the world like? Did we even know, you know, <laughs> what was coming all those years ago? Let's see. That was October 8th, 2019. You know, and in that time, we discussed... Um, good lord. Uh, my, we impeached the president. My show notes are really big. Um, uh, a victory lost. Crisis in Ukraine. Unconditional oh, yeah. surrender to Gloomhaven. Legion. Root. Uh, Flames of War. Seems like just a normal show. This is all stuff we talk about all the time. Red Storm. The Air War over Germany. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about those things. Yeah. Uh, there's Pandemic Season 3. See, we predicted oh, there we this. Go. Right this. And this predicted <laughs> <laughs> Ten episodes ago. Yeah, so. pandemic season three. There's only one virus in it, but it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, here, I'm broadcasting. We're we're broadcasting from our our apocalyptic bunkers deep yes, underground. Our, our armored uh, with the armored door and everything. Yes. Got the got the 50 cal ready, trained at the door in case mm-hmm. the looters come. Yes. Yep. It just rolls in. I'm, I'm wearing a hazmat suit, and the temperature's turned up to 130 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a dry heat. Yes. <laughs> Golly. So, um, so yeah, this virus is going around, and uh, it's really interesting. Many, many people are either working or not from home. So, just really, really interesting. And uh, would you guys say it is impacting the tabletop gaming industry at all? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I mean... In, in, in many, many ways. One, people are finding more ways to play online, but I mean, in other ways. So I've mentioned before, we've got a couple major game stores here, Miniature Market, which is huge. And then there's a small, you know, local gaming store called Game Night here. They've been struggling. Well, now both Miniature Market and Game Night are, are closing for a while. I honestly don't think Game Night's going to survive this. They've been struggling already. I just don't see how they're going to survive. So my son works at a uh, movie theater, and they were just entering bankruptcy right before the uh, the pandemic hit, and it was kind of real unclear as to what was going to happen to his job. But they, yeah, they're this, you know, it, it hit at just the right time where there's no recovering from it. So the movie theater chain up here uh, is going to basically be no more. Hmm. It's yeah, <sighs> I. Yeah, um, I really hate to hear it when it when it comes down to like local game stores, which are I mean struggling anyway. I mean pretty much any store is gonna they're gonna have to be open. They're gonna have to keep dollars coming in, you know, to to stay open. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So my FLGS is uh, doing deliveries. They they'll free delivery within 15 miles of the store. 15, 10 miles. It's some I forget what the number is, but they're they will bring you a game. That's nice. And uh, yeah. I've seen on Twitter where a lot of them are doing like um, 
you pull up and they come out and deliver it to you, which I've seen a lot of uh, other places do that. Uh, famously, you know, because we're in Mississippi, everything is so strict when it comes to naughty stuff. So <laughs> the liquor stores, had they had to actually pass a law to where liquor stores can bring it out to you in the parking lot. They had to change the law in order to do that. So, you know. Uh, I, you know, my FLGS is still open and is still holding events. And, you know, I, I really don't know how I feel about that. Uh, like, I, Friday Night Magic, I mean, can you imagine... They probably had minimum of 30. They normally have like 60 to 80 people in there. So say minimum, they have half of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so everybody's in there. Look, gamers are not by nature hygienic, period. <laughs> the phrase I happened to see recently was, uh, they smell like rotten deli meat. <laughs> Ugh, I mean... <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, these motherfuckers, I mean, they don't regularly wash their hands. So how are you going to get them to wash their hands in a pandemic, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's we're, we're holding all these cards, you know, and you're touching my cards, I'm touching your cards, you know, and we're casting, you know, stuff. Ah, it just seems like a big Petri dish. It freaks yeah. me out, you know, with that. I'm like, I don't, yeah. But, I mean, I get it. You, you've got to stay open to do it. You know, but, oh man, I just, I don't know. And I, here in Mississippi, honestly, there are so many places like that that are not going to close unless the feds or, or the state does it. And, you know, I got a conservative Republican governor who's actually in quarantine himself because he came back from um, Spain a week ago. So he's, he's got, this is his last week of quarantine. And um, he's not. He he came out and said he's not closing anything. So I happen to see that Rand Paul tested positive. Yeah, I um, guffawed at that earlier because <laughs> his dad yeah. had actually post uh, post posted something like five days previous on Twitter about um, the coronavirus being a hoax. Of course it is. And yeah, really? Yes, uh, Ron Paul posted that um and you can see it uh as far as i know at least people have it's still on uh his website but i mean it wasn't it was a hoax it was this whole thing about it the possibility of it being a hoax you know and i'm like well your son has it now so mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know so i mean i'm still ordering stuff uh like i finally got a copy of malifaux the, the new edition after just the shit show of trying to get it in at my lo uh, local store. Um, and I found and I, off eBay, I got a really good deal on a copy of the new Kings of War rule book. So I've got that stuff in. And I'm actually been at least having the uh, desire to read rule books. I actually set up a GMT game <laughs> and mm -hmm. uh, plan on like. Oh, yeah, which one? Um, Bloody April. And, okay, cool. And boy, did I pick one to try and learn. Good lord, yeah, is that thing uh, complicated. 
that's jumping in the deep end. I, no, mean, I, I haven't have... seen that one, but I've obviously seen Downtown and Red Storm. So. Rich, not, yep. o- not only am I jumped in the deep end, but I hit my head on the diving board on the way in. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now your fingers and toes are numb? Yes. So, oh, this 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 is a tough one, you know. I'm ho- but I've started well, with the little yeah. the little base um the little base uh thing for it. And look, it, it has a shitload of counters. And whenever I look at like all those counters, I think like should all I mean, if I have this many, shouldn't all of them be in some scenario on this board at one time? Wouldn't that make the most sense? I I don't know, but mm, yeah. Uh, so that it, yeah, it's like a 57, 58 page rule book and, uh, yeah, punching all the stuff out, not rounding my corners, just knowing that somewhere somebody's angry that I just brutally, I'm mutilating these things as I'm punching them out. But, you know, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's the virus. And if my Trump check comes in, I'm going to order some more stuff. Or absolutely yeah. order some more stuff. I actually pulled out a I'm couple gonna, of board games. I'm going to buy Case Blue for OCS and Downtown. Those will be the two I'll buy with my truck check. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that check... Hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. is no, They've also talked about like the check being like a one-time thing or every single month until it's over. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go for that, man. Still go for that. <laughs> We're know? in the market for an Oculus Rift. But they're, <sighs> they're, they're hard to come by. Are they just hard to find? Yeah, yep. They they get them in at Best Buy every now and then, but they the supply is pretty spotty. So that's what I'd spend my Trump check on would be an Oculus Rift. Yeah, because those things are like what, like four hundred bucks? Or yeah. Something? Yep. Uh, my friend has one and brought it over once, and my wife even dug it. She played the hell out of like uh, Beat Saber. Okay. And, yep. And really, really dug that. And I was playing stuff that I knew, like uh, Red Hot, which is a really interesting uh, first-person shooter. It's the thing like uh, the bullets don't actually head toward you until you move. So it's it's really, really neat to play. Oh, in, yeah, it's uh, all like yeah. wireframe. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. The, uh, so the my game night friend that has one that kind of got us turned on to it, he said, I was playing paintball, and I tried throwing a grenade, and I accidentally punched a hole in some shelving that I had. So he got a little, <laughs> nice. too, a little too close to what he was uh, to something in his house. Oh, yeah, that, that would – because you're supposed to – when you set it up, you, you actually – and my, my – I didn't have much area in the, the living room where we were playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I imagine it would be really freaking cool, like if you were in a gym or something. But Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, we we kind of uh, my wife ran into like the thing that holds our TV up. Like we're like whoa 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 you you got a little too <laughs> a little too far far forward. So yeah, they make a couple of different versions of that. And whatever he had, my my friend had was the version that doesn't need a PC. It's all so in one thing. That is the Rift or Quest. I don't remember. Yeah, wh- whichever one. So it's yeah. I thought it was really really neat. I did not even get motion sick. So, oh, yeah, all right. so I, which I was really worried about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, in this, you know, stuff's getting canceled left, right, and center. You know, all mm-hmm. these, all these different thing, things. What is Brett Spiel Wilt? Oh, uh, so that is a an online board gaming platform. So it's kind of like Vassal, but for board games. 
And so uh, on Friday night, on our regular game night, we uh, set up a, a Brett Spielwelt um, game night, essentially. So I played a little card game called Eleven Nymphed, which uh, I'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, it's uh, so it's it's you got to kind of wade through the German, but uh, you can sign up and play uh, various board games. My wife played uh, San Juan that same night too. Mm. So if your game is on the list, is it basically all set up and ready to go for you, or is it like Tabletop Simulator where you've got yeah. to kind of do it? It's pretty much like Tabletop Simulator. Okay. Um, you know, which which reminds me, um, I first noticed this because there was a sale going on, and I'm not sure if the sale is still going on. If it is, I'll post it in the show notes. Dan Versen Games actually sells copies of their game for Vassal. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought people just sort of just created them and it was kind of free. Yeah, there are. So, yeah, he does that or they do that. The company, not the person necessarily, although it's it, there is a Dan Versen. Um, there are other companies and, and I can't think of who offhand, but they will only give you the Vassal module. Like if you basically prove that you have the game already or something like that. And then some companies just throw it out on Vassal. Some make you download it just from their website. Different companies handle Vassal differently. I get, I get that. So it kind of, it's like, um, uh, you know, you're making something out of it. Because in theory, you could just buy this game and just, or just get it free and just play it on Vassal and never actually purchase the game so the company doesn't get any money, you know, that that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's cool. Uh, the, the DVG stuff is not only Vassal, but it's also print and play. It's kind of like one thing, uh, one, one in one thing, like you just get it and you can either do uh, print and play for it or vassal so but yeah they were having a half off sale i know earlier in the uh the week i don't know if it's still going on it was with a particular code but yeah you could get like you know hornet leader fleet commander nimitz and i, I just yeah i would hope like it has the script or whatever built in so I don't know, I could play it like a game, but I'm, I'm thinking it doesn't. It, I just get the stuff, and I, it's up to me to play it correctly. I don't know. I'm not good with that. I'm not good with computer, so there you go. So as far as things getting canceled, uh, I happen to see that Grand Con is my local con, and I got an email from them saying we're still on. And that is for, uh, that'll be early September is when that's going to happen as of now. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. At this point, there's no reason not to think that it wouldn't be going on. You would definitely mm-hmm. want to hedge your bets. Now, we talked about, like, FLGS is closing uh, for a con not to happen. I don't yeah. know. I mean, that's a lot of money lost for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, everybody's looking. Every, okay, everybody had been talking about Gen Con, but honestly, the next biggest one coming up uh is origins and they okay, are yeah. they are waiting i think until i think at the end of april it's it's according to this it's like 86 days away at the time we do this podcast so they're i think they're gonna wait until literally a month ahead of time before deciding I mean, if they're gonna close i think that's the way to go i i think we've seen that everything is changing so quickly that every 
almost every day, but definitely every week we know more than we knew a week ago. So I think there's no reason to even even make a decision or even speculate on it at this point because, I mean, it could be that in two or three weeks this is all kind of behind us or at least reducing, or it could be that two months from now it's still going. I mean, we just don't know. My next so, gathering is it's 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 technically a con, but it's small. It's only like twenty people or so, but that's like five weeks away. So I have no idea what we're going to do with that. And then when we talked about Historic Fest in KC. That's right after Origins. So that's around the same time period. And he hasn't made a decision on that yet. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. I'm, so I was just going to say the E3, uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, was canceled, and that is June 9th through 11. So. Right. So I, just, I wondered how that jived with Origins. Origins like two weeks after that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And now I have seen like we're already though companies are are saying like I'm not I will we will not be attending Origins this year. So they're already starting to pull out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that works with like do they get money back or you know whatever I don't know. But it can't be an easy thing to do. Uh, the next Gen Con is July 30th. So it's July 30th through August 2nd. So that's pretty late, you know, in the day. And I have, and yeah, I have no idea. But I mean, I can't imagine if there's any risk at all. This is 60,000 people, you know, crammed in a pretty, it's a big space, but you can't. And almost almost every one of them traveled to get there. Yes, you're, yes. And you, you can't do social distancing in that. I mean, it's you're not rubbing up against people, but you certainly are not six feet away from each other. So, yeah, I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm gonna be very curious to see just how it goes. Oh, yeah, I was. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, who had a German exchange student? Oh, sorry, that was me. Uh, so, a, a game night friend has a exchange student staying with them, and uh, of course, we're off school for the next two weeks, and so the exchange student left he went home they they shipped him out early so like we have maybe another 12 weeks of of uh school left maybe not that much but so he's just gonna forgo the rest of the school year and he went home well did they make sure to infect him with the virus before they sent him there (laughs) well i don't know i think he was probably pretty clean but uh just go to walmart and roll around on the floor there you go, and then get on, get on get on the plane. That's all you need. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I can't imagine. I don't fly because um, I'm really scared of it. I have flown, but I cannot imagine what it would be like getting on a plane now. Look, when I was in Kroger a couple of days ago getting groceries, which was a really bad idea to do it on a Saturday, the next time I think I need to make a grocery run, it'll be like at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday night. But, uh, look, I got choked um, drinking some water and started coughing a bunch. And I'm like, oh, my God, people are going to sh- kill me. They're, they're going to, like, shoot me and run off or something. I see people looking at me and, and getting out of my mm-hmm. way now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, don't hurt me. I'm just, I got choked on water. <laughs> so my boss told the story about his wife was at Costco where it was really super crazy, and there was a lady in a rascal scooter who couldn't get around real well. And so uh, this, my boss's wife said, well, I will bring you items for your cart. You tell me what you want, and I'll go get it and bring it to you. 
And so in the course of their conversation, it came out that that my boss and his wife had just gotten back from Ecuador. They went there on vacation. Well, when that came out, this woman and her and her rascal just like <laughs> she did a hard 180 and just just left, like she was <laughs> <laughs> through it in reverse. It starts beeping. Just, yep. Wow. Yep. So she uh, she bailed real quick on that. Uh, oh, uh, how's the uh, toilet paper situation for you guys? <laughs> it's all right. I mean, it's, so I ha- uh, it's hard to find here, but not impossible to find. Like if, if you really need someone, you might, if you really need some, you might have to hit more than one store, but it's not impossible. Hmm. Look, this I, I go ahead. I was going to say when I was in Kroger, the entire paper aisle was completely empty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I didn't go around looking for, you know, toilet paper, but that just blew my mind. I happen to see on Twitter one of our mutual uh, friends on Twitter, and it escapes me who, posted a link about how son or uh, granddad, what did you do during the crisis in 2020? And so I was a tail gunner on a on a Charmin delivery truck. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I totally believe that. (laughs) Oh man, and they say like uh, the. Truck drivers are having trouble, like, eating because it's like, you know, they're just riding up and down the road and they're like, okay, you know, it's lunchtime, I'm hungry, let me pull off here. All the places are closed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they're actually having trouble, you know, getting food. Anyway. (laughs) So, uh, Roy, what have you been playing lately? So, I've been playing a lot of games at home. Surprise. Um... I played a game called Aquacorn Cove, which the artwork is very cute. It's based on a graphic novel, uh, and it is a co-op game where you are... It feels a little bit like Agricola to me. So you have your board and you have the reef, and so you are trying to make sure that the reef stays within a certain level of health. You want it to get be as healthy as possible, and so you have to balance that with with growing your village so it is a co-op game like i mentioned um and it's it's a very eco-friendly uh sort of game where like so to begin the round you start pulling um you you go fishing so you're pulling fish tiles out of a bag and if you ever get more than two of the same you have to discard all of them except for one because you've overfished the reef uh, so you have less tiles to pick from as you go along, and there's a you get penalty points at the end of the game if you've overfished too much, and so you, every it it plays over the course of two years, and so at, in the winter of the of the first and second year a storm comes in and it may wreck some of your buildings or whatever, um, but it's a the artwork is very nice it's a very cute little game called Aquacorn Cove. Okay, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, it's uh, my wife found it in the consignment uh, thing at, at our FLGS. So then I played a game uh, on uh, Brett Spielwelt called Eleven Nymphed, and it's a little card game wherein it. And this reminds me a little bit of the game. Have you ever played the game? It's uh, where you're you're you have four columns and you're going ascending in two columns and descending in two columns from one to a hundred, and that's a co-op game. So, are you familiar with the game? I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not. 
Okay. That's uh well so eleven nymphed is you're basically you're gonna you're running out of cards. And so there's uh to begin with there's one card that's up. And let's say it's a sixty three. I can play anything from 64 up to 73. So you have to play within 10 of whatever card that is. And if you can't play a, a card that's within 10, and in fact, you can play any number of cards as long as they're with, within 10. If you can't play, then you have to pick up a discard pile. Um, so the idea is to get rid of all of your cards. And you play it over several rounds. I think it's the same number of rounds as there are players. Um, so if you pick up a discard pile, then two other cards come out. So it it goes from one, and if somebody has to pick that up, then two cards come out, and if somebody has to pick up another one, then it basically grows the number of cards you can play on. And so you're uh, just trying to get rid of all your cards. And that's 11 nymphed. And then I finally played a game of Monumental, which my friend Dana had kickstarted and just came in. And this is a world-building game, and this was, uh, this was an even killer for us. But it's a, uh, it feels a little bit like Seven Wonders. I realize I always compare games to other games. Um, but it's in uh, Monumental, you're building wonders so you can build the Taj Mahal and you put it on a province in your realm. And so you have some of your, um, there's a lot of miniatures that are involved. You have, so when I played, I played the, um, who did I play? I played the Chinese. So my general was Mulan. And so Mulan has a special ability that she can do. Then you have two explorers that move around the board and they visit markets and gain technology from markets. And then uh, you come up against other cultures and battle them. And so you're you keep playing and building wonders by spending resources. You're spending uh, building materials, you're spending science and you're spending culture i think is the third um the third uh commodity but so monumental is um a lot of very lovely uh miniatures that came with it and that yeah, was it a, like a CMOD game i don't think yeah. it is but it looks like it no it's a fun forge it's a french company okay um uh, so that's uh monumental and it's there's a there's a uh a deck building aspect to it too so in that respect, it kind of feels a little bit like Dominion because you're buying buying cards to add to your deck. And those cards go on top of your deck that's then so that you can draw them. Uh, and so you can kind of you can kind of program what your next hand is going to be in the next turn. So that's uh, monumental. And then uh, I'm in the middle of a game with my 11-year-old and my wife of Munchkin Booty. It's... Uh, it's been a while since I played a Munchkin game, so we kind of had to refresh ourselves with it. You said booty. And, yeah, <laughs> bootay. Um, and then uh, I played a game quite a while ago called Claim It, and it's a uh, it's a uh, basically you're staking your claim. It's a prospecting game, uh, but really it's 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 an abstract game that uh, they put a pretty clever um, theme onto. And so you roll three dice, and you have your tokens go from one to six. And so you have to put a number token on uh, the, the intersection of the other two dice. Uh, and so you're basically trying to amass kind of a, the biggest area that you can. So that's claimant. It's, uh, it's, it's an abstraction game, but it's, uh, 
it's it's clever. I like it. And then I've been playing I've been uh, playing some video games too. I played a, quite a bit of Fallout Four, and uh, I've been playing a little bit of Minecraft here too. Oh my so. lord! The amount of yeah video games I've I've managed to actually play and beat is amazing. And <laughs> yeah. I, it really is. And uh, I am yeah I'm burning through my my stack. You guys have. Heard, I don't know if you heard like how shitty GameStop had been in this whole pandemic. Yeah, that they they're refusing to close because they're an essential service. Right, right, right. Um, the main reason was <laughs> they were they've been making money like hand over fist. I mean, that's the first They'll thing you bet. do is is like, hey, you know, I'm gonna be locked, I'm gonna be stuck at my house for a month. Let me go buy a bunch of video games. Which I was like, wait. Other people don't have, like, a giant stack of video games four feet high that they haven't even opened. No? That's not normal? Oh, okay. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, and Steam has been just going through the roof, too, I hear. Oh, yeah. They're getting hammered, but they're handling it. You know, but they're mm-hmm. absolutely getting hammered. They, they like, um, broke their record for, like, the most users online at one time. <laughs> so, yeah, just... I thought that was kind of neat. Um, oh yeah, Roy, did uh, you happen to get a copy of Queen Games Neptune? Queen Games. I did. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I was going to mention that. I have not cracked the plastic on it, but okay. it uh, looks cool. What is that? It's a well. It's set in the Mediterranean, and you're delivering commodities around the Mediterranean for um, to gain favor with the gods. Oh, okay. It's by Queen Games. It's called Neptune, but it's N E P T U N. Yes. Yeah, I just asked because, like, when I see it, it was like uh, listed as left in a secure location, and so I'm oh like, yep, uh oh, <laughs> like he he didn't mention it, so uh oh. Yeah, I did happen to get that. Thank you very much for that. Oh uh, no problem. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure it yeah it appeared. Uh huh. Yes. So I actually role played today. Wow. Uh, no crazy, and I did Dungeon Crawl Classics too. Okay. A uh, a friend of mine is part of their uh, the Goodman Games road crew, and what they've done with them is suspended physical road crew events. So he started doing virtual ones, and I'm like, well, I'm not doing anything else, and I've always wanted to see how this game plays. So I'll I'll play. So we spent about uh, three four hours playing um, the module The Hole in the Sky, mm-hmm. which you know it's the black sabbath song and um yeah it it's this is really really interesting and really different i think than like um D and pathfinder mm-hmm. it's like for one th- for one thing it's like you know you're starting out at level zero characters so it's okay well i'm giving you four of them you get four <laughs> you get four of them because they're gonna die mm-hmm. yeah and sh- sure enough three out of my four died we just did, they're like, yeah, don't waste time actually rolling up a character, you know, and trying to get it just the way you like it, whatever, like you would do with D&D, because they're going to die. <laughs> so, um, we just, he sent me to this, like, random roller thing that just, you click on it, and you can you can adjust some things, like, I don't want to be an elf, or I don't want to be a dwarf, whatever, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it just spits out four, and you, uh, on so a sheet. A website? Yeah, uh, on a sheet that you can okay. print out. And um, it may be on their site, uh, Goodman Games. I'm not sure. I'll 
I'll find it and post it in the show notes. But yeah, it just spits out. You got four characters, and you can name them if you want. But that apparently the thing is like, no, don't ever name level zero characters because they're gonna die. <laughs> so you name them well, after they get to be like level one or level two. Well, you know, when I played with Mike Sheridan from UltraDimension.com, uh, oh, yeah, where we I've have a discount code. You well, have all right. Yes, yeah, so you get like twenty percent off for using the discount code COG twenty nineteen. I think. I think that is correct. Yeah. Uh, when I played Dungeon Crawl Classics with him, I think I had seven uh, PCs, and I ended up with three, of which I retired like two of them. And I said, "Well, this is going to be my main guy." Although it's been a while since we've uh, played, so. I I really liked how it was very kind of Cthulhu-esque sort of thing. I don't know. It was definitely not... I, I thought it was a lot weirder than, uh, you know, kind of D&D flavor. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I dug it. You know, I've had the rule book forever. And I actually, you know, I have some modules and have just never got around to doing it. So, yeah, we should do that sometime. Do it online. <laughs> yeah, I almost thought about, like, doing it on Twitch, like, broadcasting it on Twitch, but I'm like, eh, I don't know how, because we were doing, like, the audio through Discord, and I didn't know how all that would work, and anyway. Uh, and the only other thing is this core's War, I think, ends in a couple of hours, and I backed that. Let's see. Yeah, it ends in 14 hours as of this podcast. He wanted a measly $99, and they're up to $19,353, so there you go. So it's it's gonna happen, and I ended up doing the um, the two player starter set. I didn't do the two player army set. Um, so yeah, and then I ha- actually had some friends that bought into it, which is make I'm like yay! So I don't have to be the crazy mm-hmm. guy that has this and two armies and can't ever get anybody to play with. So yay! Anyway, so what is a you you get minis and a rule book with that? Yes, yeah. In in my pledge, um, I actually got physical books uh, with mine because like the one below mine, you just get PDFs, and I can get uh, I get two starter armies basically mm-hmm. for it. Whereas if you get the starter set, you just get a PDF of the two books and then the one starter army. So for $74 more I get two armies and two physical books so yeah if you haven't listened to the, the last show quote unquote it wasn't a show I just did an interview and uh, that was the entire last episode we did I pushed that out about a week ago because I wanted people to, to hear about it because I, I like the guy I like I like the world I like the game and I've been a big fan of it for probably a decade now so anyway Oh, yeah, and speaking of, Roy, when you finally get your Oculus Rift, they yes. have a VR game for it. Oh, really? For okay. A, yeah, and so we talked about that in the interview. Like, you know, it's so weird that this indie miniature guy has a, a video game on the shelf at GameStop. You know, you can get it for the uh, the PlayStation VR, which is how I have it. And uh, But, yeah, it's available for the uh, Oculus Rift. It's called This Core's War. So, just neat. Uh-huh. So, are you familiar with the Muzzy BBC language courses? No. Okay. Uh, do a Google for uh, for Muzzy, M-U-Z-Z-Y. Okay. And uh, the the artwork of the cores, of, the, of this cores war, reminds me of Muzzy. Oh, I can see that. 
creepy yeah. little dude. Muzzy in Gondoland. This is from 86. Yeah, they're they're trippy, and it's for learning uh, various languages, and they're very trippy, kind of weird um, uh, cartoons and things to watch. Muzzy teaches English. Huh. It was an animated film created by the BBC in 1986 as a way of taking, teaching English as a second language. So, yep. huh. It actually has the voice of uh, Susan. Oh, sorry, I thought that was Susan Sarandon, but no, it's Susan Sheridan. Whoever she is. <laughs> I say that and she's listening to this and she's like, I have you know I have 16 Oscars. <laughs> Which yeah. one's listening? Susan Sheridan? Susan Sheridan. Yes, Susan Sheridan. Yeah, Susan okay. Sh- Sheridan. yeah. No, no, no. This, yeah, we are not classy enough for Miss uh, well, Sarandon. So. Oh. Yeah, we just have Miss Sheridan. That's what we get. So I was going to go the other way with that joke, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> What's the other way with that one? <laughs> This Susan Sarandon is a big fan of ours. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, huge. She's because she's so into the 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 armed conflict. Yes, we want to talk about war game. She wants to hear all about war gaming. She's like, yes, there's a conspiracy <laughs> in Hollywood that you know where we can't doesn't talk about she, it. Doesn't she play a, a villain in some like Disney or cartoon movie or something? Oh, Maybe she's I don't know. Villainous. She might be in Villainous. You talk about that all the time. Is she villain. In, she might be in that. Could Sarandon? Be. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. She played... Oh, I know. She was in... Uh, it wasn't a Disney movie. She was, she was the villain in Enchanted. That's what it was. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Look, History on the Tabletop is not talking about Disney movies. I promise you. This, I that's why you got to be here. Yeah. Got to be here to listen. Well, yeah. you know, I got to say that speaking of Disney movies and Mulan, the, the live-action Mulan movie looks fantastic. Did that one get delayed? It did, yes. That's what I thought. I heard they delayed that one and I think the the new uh, Black Widow movie and some others as well. Yeah. But I want to see that Mulan movie when it comes out. Okay, what I'm fascinated by is a lot of places are just like, well, you know, fuck it. We're just going to go ahead and put this movie out on VOD. Oh, yeah. Uh, Onward did that. Yes, the, the new Pixar movie. You can straight up buy it for 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. and just have it. And I'm like, well, you know, that's about what you would pay to go to the movie theater. You know, if you were going on a non-discount night, it probably cost you about 12 bucks plus food if you got that whatever. So, yeah. I yeah, I think that would that's about right. It's about 20 bucks plus you own it. You know, it's not just like, oh, well, I just went and saw this. I had the experience. There you go. So, yeah, I'm hoping to see more of that. People are talking about, well, you know, this may kind of put a dent in movie theaters. Yeah. And make them realize that, hello, this is what people want. They want to be able to just watch it in their home. Yeah, I think actually the longer this goes on, the more chance you're going to see lasting changes in society. As far as, you know, work from home and uh, movie theaters and airlines and all that stuff, I, I think... You, you have a, a chance of seeing things change, and uh, it depends on your perspective. Some people think for the better and some for the worse, but I think there will be some permanent changes that come from that if, if this goes on for more than a couple months, I would say. Yeah, oh, I sure. agree. Absolutely. It, it will totally uh, transform society, and there are already a lot of speculative articles on that, not only from yeah. like a local kind of level to all the way to like, well, what will the 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 national 
standings kind of look at, you know, where will be, you know, America's position in the world post, you know, COVID-19 and yeah, so anyway. So, uh, Richard, tell me all about Atlanta being yours. Is it ours Atlanta. or is it yours? Well, it guess, I guess it depends on which side you're talking about. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so I actually haven't been playing that much. Um, it, you know, some it's obviously terrible. Some people are not able to go to work and losing work and everything else. I work in healthcare IT, so I have had way more work than I can handle. So I haven't played that many games. Um, I do have on my, my table here, my solo table behind me, I've got Atlanta is ours, which is... I think I've talked about that before. It's great campaigns in the American Civil War. It's an MMP game, part of a series. Um, and it's just got this really cool, it's a two-mapper, but the maps go kind of long, long ways. Um, so it's basically, it's not straight north and south. Like if you were to actually put it on a map, it's kind of cocked off to the side. But um, if you can think about if you've ever driven, like I have many times, um, from you know down through Georgia to get to Florida, Basically, it's it's what is now Highway 75 between Tennessee and Atlanta. So all those towns that you see on the way on Highway 75 were there was obviously no Highway 75 at the time, but there was a railroad there and there were lots of battles on the way to Atlanta. So it's it's the campaign of Sherman that basically ended up in, in the, the U.S. taking Atlanta back. So. Um, it's a really good game. I like it so far. I've got another game in the series also. Um, but that's what I'm playing right now. It's, it's a great solo game because, um, for one, you can just kind of sit down and leave it at any time. There's no, there's no hidden information or anything. Most of the, uh, the actual action is done by the union side, but there's interesting initiative bits where the Confederates can take the initiative and decide if they want to leave their fortifications and strike back or try to cut off some supply lines or whatever. But I've been playing that a little bit, not as much as I want to, but that's that's kind of my game right now. And then I've been playing Gloomhaven a decent amount just because I've got a normal Tuesday night group, although now that we're all supposed to stay home, we're going to stop playing that for at least a little while. We're looking at ways to play online. Gloomhaven actually has a Vassal module out now. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I haven't tried it yet, but I know it's there. I downloaded it and didn't use it yet uh it's there for tabletop simulator there's a steam version but i don't think the steam version has multiplayer yet so we're looking at ways to play together um but if we don't then we'll just you know take time off i also play that game with my daughter and my other daughter my well i've got three daughters but two of them are home now one is home from mizzou because they're basically sending everybody home and doing online classes only. So mm -hmm. three of us are also playing Gloomhaven. And then today we just had some family time. So we played some games. We played Thanos Rising, which my little one absolutely loves. It's one of mm -hmm. her favorite games. It's it's a fun game. Um, it's it's a little too, uh, too dice rolly and random for me. It's not my favorite game for that reason, but I like playing with her. And then we had to play Pandemic. So we played yeah. Pandemic. We played with uh, some of the, I can't even remember what that, the, the one that causes, not the mutation, but the one that causes the viruses to do different things. Uh, um, that on the brink? Yeah, I don't remember which expansion it is, but instead of using the regular viruses, each one acts a little differently. Like okay. one of them has government interference, and then there's some other ones. And 
yeah, we we beat the crap out of the virus pretty good. So I think <laughs> the three of us are ready to solve this whole coronavirus problem. <laughs> And they, you know, they did a uh, interview with Matt Leacock. Leacock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do you say his name? Um, always, about about the board game. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> about how, um, you know, it, it's being non-competitive. That's there's there's lessons to be learned here about. It's not just you know the United States versus the world. It's we're kind of all in this together. Yeah. It is so. a good game. It's it's. I mean, it's a great game. It's well designed. It's. It's easy to play. Um, you know, you can even if a person has never played it before, you can teach it to them in five minutes and they can be a mm-hmm. part of the team. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I, yeah, you know, I'm sure we'll play it again over the next few weeks and then hopefully it won't be in the news anymore. We uh, last weekend, I played a game of it. I forgot to mention that. And yeah. uh, we got hammered. So <laughs> too many outbreaks. Now, is yeah. it a legacy game? So there it. is a legacy game which we have played, but the regular game is not a legacy game. Okay. Right. Yeah, I've I've played both seasons of Legacy, uh, season one and two, and like you said, I guess it was back in October. We were saying there's there's word of a season three, but I still haven't heard any solid details on that yet. So. Hmm. And then uh, I. You made me actually look because I had forgotten that uh, there is a Gloomhaven game on Steam, and it's still yeah. tw- still twenty five dollars. So yeah, it's still considered either beta or early access. Early one access, of the two. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's not it's not full it's not the full game yet. But I actually haven't played that in a while. Um, but it 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 definitely looks good, and they're they're adding things to it like, like every month. So. If you get it, you, they'll keep adding stuff to it, and if, eventually it's going to have a full campaign game or maybe a separate campaign. I'm not sure which. It'll have multiplayer. It'll have all the good stuff, and it certainly looks good. I yeah, I have a real hard time uh, paying full price for games on Steam because they always go on mm-hmm. sale. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, maybe I should, but yeah, I'm just kind of like yeah. Eh. <laughs> Put it on your wish list and wait until they send you an email saying it's on sale. Right. So, golly, where else, what else have we got? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, from on my radar, oh, what's on your radar is Brotherhood and Unity coming from Compass Games. And uh, I toss this on here just because it talks about the war in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Herzegovina? How do you say that? Yep, got it one. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. So in uh, 92 and 95, I mean, I remember that, you know, I was still just, you know, a dumbass kid, though. I think the most, whenever we heard about it in the news and whatnot, we would just make fun of, like, Slobodan Milosevic's name, you know, and uh, that, was, yeah. that was about it. But when you actually, like, look at the history of this, this is, like, one of the last big, like, uh, armed conflicts, you know, in modern times, prior to the whole uh, okay. I- Iraq kerfluffle that we've been in for decades now. So, Adam, I feel like I'm stepping on your territory here, but why is Compass Games doing a Kickstarter? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's a very good question. You know, and I, I don't think they are... Let's see if it's in the FAQ. no. Looks like there aren't any FAQ, you know, ask the project creator directly. And so, yeah, they wanted two grand with 17 days to go. 
they're up to nine grand. So, I mean, this looks like it's going to go. Who is the designer of this? Do you know? I don't oh. see it in there. I'm wondering if he has any other credits. I only have one game from this time period, and it's actually a magazine game. Um, and I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's fine. I mean, it's just kind of a generic war game, except that it's set during this time. That's the reason I bought it, because I didn't know of any other war games set during this time. Have you ever heard of the game called This War of Mine? Yeah, that's, I was going to say that, that that yes, is yeah. more or less loosely based on this. Yeah. Oh, the, the game designer looks like uh, a guy from that area. Tomislav Chipchik, I'm guessing. Uh. So, yeah, interesting. Okay. Okay, so, maybe yeah. Maybe that's why they're Kickstarter. I don't know. I have no idea why Compass Games would be doing a Kickstarter, but, eh, what do you know? I mean, I, I, I think they've done them before, you know. It's, it's not... Have they? Yeah, I feel like they have. Uh, looking at the About the Creator, yeah, they've had ten Kickstarters. According to this, oh. they did Dawn of Empire, Battle of the Bulls, Napoleon's Eagle, Stellar Horizons, Once We Move Like the Wind, I mean, the American Revolution. <laughs> yeah, all of those were Kickstarter, so. Eh. I didn't realize that. I don't know. I mean, I think. <laughs> the question that, is still out there. Yeah, why? <laughs> why are they. Yeah, I mean, Compass Games should just be doing pre orders, not Kickstarters, but whatever. Yeah, so. Anyway, uh, the next thing I had was, man, this, golly, there is a lot of this going on, and I have absolutely struggled to keep up with it and to make sure I get everything and try to share it locally so maybe I could find somebody that would play this. But there are a whole lot of RPG companies are giving away PDF copies of their games. Yeah, and they're just there's more and more and more of it. Like every day, I see another one posted. Hey, this one's free now. This one's free now, which I think is really cool. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's not just RPG companies. We're going to talk about some more stuff later, but I think, I mean, it's it's because everybody is kind of stuck at home right now, and a lot of companies are just reaching out saying, Hey, here's some stuff you can do. Here's some you know you can you can download this. You know, hopefully, I think people are trying to play online and do more things, but it's you know it's good press and it's it's a good way for people to get their names out there and stuff like that. But um, I mean, there's some there's some good stuff on here. I'm not one of those ones that's going to uh, download everything just because it's out there. But I'm definitely going through the list and saying, hey, this looks good. I want to make sure I grab this one. Yeah, that's that's absolutely like what I'm doing. Um, in fact, I'll be linking a. Um... Uh, it's a board game geek thread is what I'll link in the uh, the show notes and it's it's pretty well updated because I think the ones that started this was uh, World of Darkness released a whole bunch yeah. of their their old vampire and werewolf stuff they were doing one a day but it's really expanded I know today I got a link for um, Exalted Funeral which is a they, they do very niche, very weird, very uh, old-school Renaissance-type stuff. And uh, they did a whole bunch of theirs. So, And uh, I, that's linked here, I noticed, in this uh, stuff. Including the super weird one, uh, Troika, with an exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah, so. But I tell you this, I've been trying to get the Deadlands Player's Guide and Marshall's Handbook cannot get it and I, I love to see on the board game geek thread i'm not the only one it's the uh there's problems 
<laughs> with have, the, the have uh, you ever played Deadlands? Uh, I remember I had the books way back in the day for the first edition because I remember when I first saw it, it was like wow, like nothing I'd ever seen before. It and I'm is like, so good, I love it. It's Weird West. Yeah. It was you know it was post yep. uh, Civil War America. It, it's, it's not only post Civil War but alternate history Civil War. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's what yeah. it was because the Confederates it's technically. Were, Technically, the Civil War never ended. It's yes. like 1880, but the Civil War is technically still going on. Yeah, because the Confederates were a uh, a group that you could play, you know, yeah. in, in there. So yeah, it is so good. I had a friend in my last RPG group that he, whenever the first Kickstarter came out for it, he got like everything for it. So like all the all the bells and whistles and everything, and oh, the game's so good. I love it. Mm. That's cool. So, uh, what else have we got? Roy has D and D scheduled for next Saturday. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. <laughs> so, are you guys know. are you going to try to do online? I'm actually playing an online RPG tomorrow night, which I have never done. But we're just going to play over. I can't. I think we're going to play Roll Twenty, actually. Well, so one of the people in my group is kind of a luddite, so I don't know that he's going to have. <laughs> He's not gonna really gonna have the setup to do the yeah. you know the uh, online, so I don't know what's gonna happen. So it's interesting. I mean, if you want to talk about luddites, I can't think of a bigger group of luddites than church members. But yeah. our church this morning did an online service for the first time. Oh, so, all right. Yeah, yeah. I the only people in the building were were me because I was actually preaching this morning, and our pastor and my wife and our piano player those are the only four people everyone else just logged on and uh, from what so I is heard, it everyone was able to successfully do it and yeah so was it streamed on your does your church have a website uh no so we did just audio and we used i didn't set it up so i'm not i think we used zoom okay but we didn't Which do is... video we did we did screen sharing so that like people could follow along with the powerpoint slides uh-huh. and we did audio and that's it Okay, cool. All right. But, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because I I know people are afraid of this type of thing, but sometimes people that aren't interested or scared of technology change their minds when that's the only choice they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Rich, if you ever want, need help or have questions or whatever, that, that whole thing with audio and video and even the streaming part of it is kind of what i do for a living so you know I yeah definitely help plus yeah we just, i we... think and but put but to my point of people sort of being afraid or nervous about technology i think the most important thing is you send people a link and you say click this at 10 o'clock and you'll be on and yeah. the easier it is for them the more likely they'll do it look the I... setup the background stuff you may maybe you need someone that knows what they're doing but for the end user you just want them to click a link and have it work Look, I, 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 in explaining like how serious this whole COVID thing has gotten, I, my best way to explain it to people is they have canceled church services here in the South. I'm like, yeah. do you have any idea what a big deal that is? To during go, like, Lent, even yeah, to go like, no, we we are not meeting. We are not meeting. We're not going to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, yep. just wow. It's yeah, it it just so, blew my mind. My wife's, both of her grandparents were uh, Lutheran pastors, 
And so the one pastor lived near the Lutheran church and he had hearing aids. Well, he could sit in a particular corner of his house and just barely catch the the like the hearing aid loop in the church. So he could yeah. like sit in his he could hear hear everything in, going on in the church from his his house. It's like rebroadcasting. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I I would love to. Can we put the uh, the Richard sermon in the uh, the show notes? Is is it available? It's not available yet. Uh, probably tomorrow. I was actually going to cut that out. No, I'm going to share it. Actually, yeah. Okay. Not that, All right. not, yeah, not that many people have heard my sermons, which is fine. But <laughs> he's like, those, Where are you gonna... those of you that um, that cheat in board games shall be cast into the fiery pit. <laughs> And you know who you are. Are you going to put that on Twitter? Um, I don't know where I'm going to put it, but it, okay. yeah, it'll be posted somewhere. Okay. So basically, the the whole service was recorded, and my wife and I were talking about because there's like some family members of mine that wanted to hear it, so we were just going to cut out the sermon part of it and put that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right. So the next thing we've got is Asmodee U.S. Dis- distribution is making a massive shift. Stirring it up again. Yeah, I know this has kind of like been been a thing. I, with FFG, you know, we they've gone. Remember, they got rid of the role playing uh, thing. They, they they did, but and they then didn't. Now they're saying maybe they didn't. Right? It's it's very confusing. It's like they did, but they didn't. They first they announced they got rid of it, and then I guess people were like, "Well, what do I do with all these books I bought from you?" <laughs> and uh, then they're like, "No, no, no. We didn't. We got rid of it, and then renamed it something, and it's whatever." And this has nothing to do with the virus. No, it was right? that. Yeah. This was prior to the virus, and right. this whole thing is also has nothing to do with the virus but yeah they're really cha- they're mixing around they're changing up the distribution centers and and honestly to me it seems like they are making things a little bit more difficult for uh, your friendly local gaming store to get this kind of stuff so, so wasn't Asmodee the one I think we talked about it last time the one that say said like if you're missing a part you know screw you just buy another copy yeah well, yeah that was the thing is yeah. like you have to go to your local gaming store I'd have to go in and be like hey Travis I'm missing this you know gun off my stormtrooper here for Legion and then he would have to give me a new a new one and then send that back in in order to get credit or or something like that it's just ridiculous gaming stores which are barely struggling to survive anyway i know that are gonna have to box it up send it yeah. in you know and ugh, whatever mm-hmm. all right so speaking of origin you know an hour or so ago let's let's talk about the origin awards nominees they have been announced and um i guess i'm really just gonna talk about i'm not gonna just name them all i've rather not i'd rather just talk about the ones that i've even heard of but you guys may know more than me for the so for the board game category the only one i recognize the only two i recognize are pret a porter and i only know that because it has some pretty striking art and it reminds me of that movie that came out that had the song here comes the hot stepper <clears throat> and uh red alert space fleet warfare by plastic soldier which, yeah that's which the only two was i've the heard big of. deal Big deal at DiceCon last yeah, year. Yeah, we right gave away it. a copy of that. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I've, uh, I've heard of Cloudspire, but I haven't played it. Nice. My friend, the 
the same one that's in this gaming group. He owns it, and he has played it and likes it a lot, but I have not played it yet. Chip Theory Games is who does that. and Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that was a big Kickstarter game. Okay, and then Colors of Paris, Guardians Call, Parks, to Tonari, huh? and Tricky Tides. Yeah, never heard of any of them. Now, I am reminded a couple years ago it came out that if you wanted to be in consideration for a Origin Game Award, you had to give them a copy of it. And okay, the, that was going to be my next question is where do they get these? Because I know looking at the card game category, how is Marvel Champions not on this list? That must be it. It And, and I guess that's, yeah. that's the whole thing. Because, I mean, come on, you know. They're not, you know, big companies like Games Workshop or whatever. I'm not going to give you this stuff because the award doesn't mean anything to them. Because yeah. they're like, you know, we're big anyway. This is going to sell anyway. Although we say that, and then here's the DC deck building game by Cryptozoic. You have to give them a copy. Yes. I don't, I, I don't understand. You have to, it, to, if you want your game to be considered for, say, the card game category, you, yep. ha you have to give them a copy of. Roy's like a card game. a review copy? Yes. Okay. So basically that's how you submit your game for oh. consideration is by giving okay. every copy. But but I mean So it's not it's not nominated or anything then. No. Just and it seems okay. like that would be better, like to hold nominations and be like, you know, hey guys, what you know, what do you think is good and well I think these are and then yeah, that seems like it would be better, but instead you're just pulling from a limited pool and nobody knows like how big or small the pool is. So, uh, the next one was card game category. Like I said, DC deck building. I recognize that. And, uh, yeah. Kamigami battles, river of souls from Japanime games. And that's, that's about it. I've never, I, although cogs and commissar sounds fun, you know, a little steampunk Soviet thing going on there. And oh wait, didn't we talk about Embers of Memory, a Throne Glass game by Osprey Games? Ooh. Yes, I really think we did. Yes, we did. We did talk about that. How come these links are? Or how come these aren't linked? Uh, None of them are. I know. I yeah. <laughs> it sucks. I blame myself. Um. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it was the Embers of Memory, a Throne of Glass game. Because we were talking about it because we're like, I've never heard of this quote-unquote number one best-selling series by Sarah J. Maas, M-A-A-S. And, uh, yeah, so it's a card game. And it's coming, or is mm. out, from Osprey Games, which I thought was weird because I don't really think of them as a fantasy-type thing. I always think of them as all World War II all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, uh, the next one was Collectible Game Category. And so there's only one Marvel Hero yeah, Clicks. I'm, bet, I'm betting heavily on them. So I'm guessing <laughs> they would win. Uh, <laughs> digital adaptation category. I have heard of Cutthroat Caverns. I've heard of Mythic Veil. I've heard of Raiders of the North Sea. And I've actually heard that's good, the digital version of that. I've heard of Through the Ages. And Through the, through the oh, Ages is well done digitally. And then the other one, Susuru? Soro. Yeah, that's Soro. the uh, Soro. it's the game of paths where yeah, you, is... you lay a tile down. Oh, yeah. So my, my little one who's 10 years old, 
um, I think when she was six, that was the first game she ever bought with her own money. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. The VR part of it, I'd, I'd be interested to see what uh, what that would be all about. Yeah, I, I recognize that game based on the um, the artwork on it. Never played it or heard anything mm. about it, but I just it has a very striking artwork with the dragon on it, and it's a smaller box. I remember seeing that it. was a WizKids game back in the day before they went uh, belly up and then got acquired by uh, was it Nika N E C A. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, hmm. The next category is family games, and... I've heard of none of these. Me neither, but Dirty Pig sounds good by North Star Games. Yeah. But how can if this... Roy, if Roy hasn't heard of them, then no one has. <laughs> I know. This, yes. Finger Guns at High Noon. That could be good, yeah. You know, although in some cases that may not be legal for you to make a finger gun. Didn't some kid get in trouble one time for, like, uh, holding a Pop-Tart like a gun and back in that? Because we have a huge gun yeah. culture in the U.S., but we also have no tolerance rules. So, I don't know. Figure mm-hmm. it out. Looks like uh, Finger Guns at High Noon is fourteen twenty nine on Amazon. I don't know what kind of game it is, but there you go. Uh, game accessory category. Citadel, the first one's going to win it. Yeah, Citadel Contrast Paint by Games Workshop. That- Man, that will win. People like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I do that, recognize... That stuff's the, pretty good. Yeah. I haven't used it, but I hear it's great. I have. I've used it on a few things. I used it on my Tauntauns for Legion. Uh, I used it a little bit on the last uh, um, Gloomhaven figure that I painted. Um, it's hmm. good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I recognize BoardGameTables.com with the Jasper... I don't know what that is, but I do recognize that. I do recognize the Watt uh, from Game Toppers. I recognize that company, the Watson oh, Game yep. Topper system, and then of course Wingspan Organizer and Dice Tower from Broken Token. Uh, you know, I know those. I actually have a guy, a friend of mine, who works for Broken Token. I don't know if it's like he gets paid or you know it's trade or whatever, but he goes like all over the southeast to conventions and works their booth. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'd, that'd be all right to do. Yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't mind doing that, but it'd have to be a company that I really liked. I don't know what that'd be. Or Steve Jackson Games, if the money was right. You know. <laughs> I don't know. So you, you, you would pimp yourself for Kickstarter representative. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'll talk all about it. How it's the best, the bestest, smartest idea ever. Yeah, if the money's right. <laughs> Munchkin, the days of our lives version. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Utterly brilliant. As long as the check clears. So I didn't know, I've never heard of Dogmite Games, so the Valhalla screens are, eh, it's pretty pretty neat. Um, just kind of fancy-smancy wooden screens for your oh, yeah. uh, for your DM uh, DMing that you might do. I've seen, you know, companies are starting to get into this. Mainly because, like, you know, the laser cutting is getting cheap and available, and you don't have to carve it. You know, you can just do the little laser cutter thing and make these things. So, mm-hmm. kind of neat. No idea on cost, though. All right, so the next category... $155. 155 Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're trying for something fancy, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it was like 500 I'm like, eh, no, that's way too much. <laughs> All right, historical game category, Conflict of Heroes, Storms of Steel, 3rd edition, which I want. Uh, 
I remember we talked about Pandemic Fall of Rome. Mm-hmm. I've heard that's really good. I haven't played it. I'd like to because, well, like I said earlier, we're fans of Pandemic, and I've heard that's a, it's an interesting version of the game. Uh, my friend Dana has a copy of it. I've yet to play it, though. We should get Dana on sometime. We talk about him all the time. We do, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, having guest hosts yeah. with our gaming bodies. U-Boot, yes. you know, I've, I've talked the hell out of that game. I really want it. Actually, I really want somebody other than me to buy it, I guess I would say, so I can play it to see if I like it. And, and then you can get the 3D printed yeah, add-on for it. absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, I never heard of Watergate by Capstone Games. I don't think I've heard of Capstone Games. So. No, I haven't either. I don't know anything about that one. The other three I've heard about, I've, uh, I haven't heard anything specific about the new version of Conflict of Heroes, but the old one was, I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, Panic, U-Boot, I've heard good things about, so. Uh, let's see, historical minis category, bolt action, the D-Day campaign overlord, and bolt action Korea. So, so Adam, I've seen these in the stores. I've seen, like, the different books for, like, you know, Korea, campaign yes. D-Day overlord, Begration, all those. Are they just scenarios? Is it just a book of scenarios? Um, it, it really depends on, like, what it is. Like, okay, the campaign D-Day Overlord will be a campaign that you can play. It, it'll give and, you... And it, it'll give you, like, an order of battle and say, okay, first, you know, you get these tanks and these infantry and line up and do this. And uh, then... Something like that. I mean, it's... Okay. You, you'll It'll say, like, you know, these are the forces you can actually field, you know, because, you know, you really... You can't play the Japanese and you know, Overlord. But um, you, it'll have that, and then it gives, like, kind of a guide for, okay, this play this scenario, then this scenario, then, you know, and whatnot. I mean, those are just campaign okay. guides, but the Bolt Action Korea is just a rule book. And it will have just the... It'll have the U.S. U.N. forces. I'm not sure if it was U.N. And then the Chinese. And maybe okay. Chinese slash Korean forces, which would be for that. But, like, the other stuff you see, like... Uh, Germany Strikes is one I, I've got right here, or Ostfront. It gives you, or and like Duel of the Sun, what else have I got here? Yeah, just out of those, it gives you alternate army lists. Like, you may already have, like, the uh, Germany Strikes. That's, like, the main German book. But if you buy Duel in the Sun, you'll get the Africa Corps lists. You know, in it. it, Flames of War does the same thing. It's like you do, they do whenever they do a campaign book, or just just an additional supplement book. It'll have alternate um, army lists to play. That's just kind of what it is. But yeah, if you buy like armies of the United States, yeah, it should be you'll have pretty much everything. Although there, you'll have a different one for Pacific, which will have the Marine Corps in there. Armies of the Soviet Union. Uh, Ostfront will have different ones in that that you can play. So that's kind of what it is. Alright. Let's see. Miniature game category. Gaslands. Refueled. That's good. Never heard of Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. I missed Power Rangers. That was the generation below me. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, after me. Uh, Reality's Edge Cyberpunk Skirmish. I've heard of Riot Quest by Privature Press. I've heard of and Warcry by Games Workshop. I've heard of. So out of that, eh, everybody seems to like Gaslands. 
so maybe then. Yeah, I haven't seen the new. I mean, I saw it in stores, but the difference between the rule, new rule book and the old rule book, I have no idea. But Gas Lines is pretty cool. I mean, it's a it's a it's a light war game, light miniatures war game, but you just paint up your Hot Wheels and make them look like Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, role playing game category Alien, which I think should win. I hear a lot of people saying good things about that. And remember, we talked about that. Like, you know, if I ran one, it would be nothing but red herrings. Of, you think there was a person like has an alien <laughs> bursting out of him, but reality is just indigestion. It's, it's bad space Taco Bell. So, yeah. Over the Edge Third Edition. I am not familiar with that from Atlas Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do recognize the artwork now that I Google it. It has a very distinct art type thing, and it looks like it's some kind of cyberpunk type thing. Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Starcrossed by Bully Pulpit Games. I'm familiar with Bully Pulpit, but not Starcrossed. See, Bully Pulpit, they did the uh, fiasco, I think. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yep. Let's see. In Starcrossed, you craft characters who are powerfully attracted to each other but have a compelling reason not to act on their feelings. Some of the things you want your character <laughs> to do are going to increase that attraction, and when that happens, you are going to pull a brick out from an increasingly shaking tower and place it on the top. If the tower falls, your characters act on their feelings. Will your love be doomed, triumphant, or something in between? Munchkin that, days of our lives. Yeah. Is Dread... The one that uses the Jenga tower for yes yeah okay so it sounds kind of like that yeah except not is it the fate not horror it, uh I, I which I think I thought fate was the uh the fate one. fate uses dice okay the special dice okay and uh, the last one on here was Teens in Space by Renegade Game Studios I don't they could really go a lot of different ways with that title. Um, what kind of role-playing game that would be. And, um, yeah, I think it's kind of that trope of, like, you know, the this group of kids are, like, on a training, on, mi- training mission. Kids on bikes kind yeah. of thing, or Tales from the Loop. Well, that's Tales from the Loop, I'm actually interested in. I'm thinking about getting that one and uh, running it for my family. I like that. There is a sh- uh, TV show coming out, I yep. think. Yes, we, yeah, I think, we talked yeah. about that on our show. Did we? Okay. Yes. Because they're doing, they did a Tales from the Loop starter box as well. Uh, oh, I hadn't heard of that. Yeah, we talked about this on the show. You were there. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're like, eh, eh I don't, I don't listen to the <laughs> no, show. I, remember, I do remember talking about the TV show. I don't remember talking about the starter yeah. box. Hey, uh, following on from uh, Teens in Space reminded me of uh, there. There is a game that I heard that I'm kind of interested in. They're doing a Scooby-Doo port of Betrayal at House on the Hill, which sounds fantastic. Again, talked about that on our show. Did we? Yes. All right. I guess they're like Adam's talking. Time to go get. Time to go make a snack. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was gone the last five minutes. Did you say something? Yeah, I know, right? So, Teens in Space uh, is actually powered by the Kids on Bike system. So. Oh, okay. That might be good. 122 color pages. Yeah. I was actually at Miniature Market yesterday, and they had some stuff on their sale table in the middle, and there was they had kids on bikes and a couple of modules for kids on bikes, and I came so close to picking them up. I think I have the... Um, but I think I'm going to Tales from the Loop instead, so... The PDF of it. Uh, okay, the next thing we had was the Frosthaven Kickstarter has been pushed back one week. 
Yeah, it's still out there, but they pushed it back. And honestly, I mean, I guess this has to do with the, the virus, but I don't know why that would affect a, a Kickstarter. I'm so a, I have no idea. Well, I I'm just a, know that if, if you're looking for it this week, it's not going to be available until next week. So, Well, I'm, I'm assuming it's because of, um, you know, there are no factories operating in China now. So Yeah, but... Yeah, but when they start the Kickstarter, it's not going to have anything to do with when they actually start printing it. Hmm. I mean, they could they could delay the printing by I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is it is pushed back by a week, so thir- March thirty first now instead of March twenty fourth. Okay. And I will I will definitely be on that day one. This is going to be one of them uh, million dollar um, Kickstarters, oh, right? It'll be huge. Yeah, it'll yeah. be huge. And I have no idea what the, what the uh, stretch goals are going to be or anything else. But honestly, they might not even need any. They they might be like, look, this is what it is. You know you're going to buy it. Give me my $100. And everybody will do it. <laughs> okay. Well, that's you. Yeah, you may be right. Absolutely right. Uh, the next thing we had was, I guess this should have went in the other, should have moved it. But there's a free print and play version of the Fantasy Trip Melee available from uh, Steve Jackson Games. Do you guys ever do, like, anything with uh, print and play? Like, I don't know if, like, I would need to go to, like, Office Depot and have it done, or am I okay just on my crappy... I mean, I've never done anything high-quality print and play. I have printed this stuff out just, like, on a regular printer. Like, um, so Unconditional Surrender Europe has a small scenario for it um, called Case Blue. Um, and it's, it's, it's tiny. It's just like a single, you can fit the whole thing on an eight and a half lap by 11 sheet of paper, use the same counters that you use on a regular game. So I printed off the map and just, you know, used my counters, but I've never really done print and play where I printed something nice or big or printed counters or anything like that. I never have, but I'm considering it for something that's later on our list for this, uh, battle for Moscow game. Okay. Uh, the next thing we had was Warlord Games takes a look at the U.S. Navy in Victory at Sea. Again, really excited about this, but I was talking to my friend today that I do what little historical gaming miniatures are with, and he's like, yeah, you know, Warlord really dropped the ball not only on the Cruel Seas rulebook, but on the SPQR rulebook. He was like, I got that. And I was like, did anyone playtest this at all? <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. It's I really liked the system 100 years ago when Mongus Publishing had it, and I I worry about that. Like, they're doing a new version of it. I hope they didn't tweak it too much, but I really hope it's playtesting. I mean, I don't understand why companies don't understand this, how extremely difficult it is to get someone to play something that's not Games Workshop stuff. So when you actually get them in and interested, it pays to have a nice, really smooth game that that plays well and is fair and is, you know, just, it's tested, whatever. But when I get stuff like that or or you have supply problems with your launch, eh, it's just really hard to get people to come back and do it. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, And you said everything that I could say about it. It looks so tempting, but... It's not something I'm going to pull the trigger on. So, 
Yeah, I'll let you know if it's good, and then maybe you can go from there. I I like the fact that you know, because in the, the previous editions, I had to source my own ships, and that's a pain in the ass. I don't like doing that. I would much rather, you know, be able to uh, the company that makes the rules sells them, and uh, yeah. So anyway, the next thing we had was um, Star Trek Adventures Delta Quadrant source book is available. I just wanted to toss this on here to see if you guys remember anything about Voyager. I remember that it was a show. It had Captain was Janeway. One, was that the one with Scott Bakula? Nope, that's Enterprise. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, this one is the one with uh, Captain Janeway. Yeah. This was like, okay, we have a female captain. And it has such a really cool premise, like, when it started out. Like, the first pilot episode is just, it's amazing. It's like they end up with half their crew, you know, is dead, and they have to replace them with the Maquis, these, tra- you know, these uh, terrorists, you know, just to survive. They fire off one proton torpedo, uh, although I can't remember, is it proton or photon? One is Star Trek, one is Star Wars. Anyway. Photon is Star Trek. So they fire off one of those, and then they're like, we only have 99 of those left, and no way to resupply them. So that... I mean that premise right there just seems so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, nobody knows who the Federation is, anything, and they're on like all these limited uh, stuff. But you know, they, they just started hand waving stuff left and right. So you know, <clears throat> it ended up being mostly forgettable except for the Borg arcs, because I mean they're like the really neat guys. You can even apparently in this Delta Quadrant source book play liberated Borg. So there you go. And the next thing we had, C3I has got yeah. Yeah, a free copy of, what is it, NR25? What does the NR stand for? I think it's number. No, Okay, it's that makes issue sense. Issue 25, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, so C3I is Roger McGowan's magazine, um, and it's a, it's a wargaming magazine. They include a lot of, like, uh, extra counters and stuff like that different scenarios for other published games and stuff like that and then they also often have a magazine game or something in there but this particular one has a small magazine game called battle for moscow um and like i said i'm actually thinking about because he's offering this edition of it for free uh i was actually thinking about printing this out and and doing an actual print and play where i'd make some counters and stuff like that so but another free thing to uh, satisfy you while you're all sitting at home in your bunkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if you have a printer. Yeah. I don't think we can go to Kinko's. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, my printer is in the, the place in my house that was taken over by the COVID zombies. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I can't get in there. And, uh, all right. The last thing we had, I forgot to put a link in, so I'll just toss that in here real so quick. Somebody's feverishly doing it. I know, right? Uh, Castles and Crusades, the Castle Keeper's Guide, is up on Kickstarter. And the reason why I toss this on here is somehow, some way, I don't know if it was through a Humble Bundle or some big giant freaking sale that somebody did, I have ended up with an absolute ton of Castles and Crusades stuff. And the reality is, is I don't know much about it. I was going to ask you guys if you were that familiar with it. I yeah, I don't know if people consider it like uh, old school renaissance type role playing or if it's just kind of just another, 
role-playing game, you know, not not D&D or, or whatever. This is from Troll Lord Games, and uh, they put this out, so. I don't know anything about this. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of Troll Lord Games, but uh, I don't know anything about this particular setting or role set or whatever it is. I was thinking, yeah, I've never seen this. I was thinking about picking it up, um to get like a physical copy which gives me apparently this is like all you need like to to like run a game and like i have so much of this stuff maybe i it would make me be able to actually try and do something you know actually uh run like an online game or something with it which i played uh roll 20 today with um the hole in the sky. How'd you like that? Uh, it works really good, but the only problem is, is like you're really hampered by not buying enough stuff. Like you know, you didn't buy enough sprites or, or whatever. Oh yeah, I you know. know. So it was a lot of like, okay, this is all I have is this giant spider, but pretend it's a giant pumpkin, you know. So it's it's that kind of thing, and I'm like, well, I guess we are role playing, so there you go. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, I mean, with the, I want to be able to actually grab like um, just stuff I find from Google Images and throw it in there. I would love to run a game like that where I'm like throwing in like people from Walmart and stuff like that. Like, all right, there, you know, here come the trolls after you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know if they could actually do that. This troll has two armloads full of toilet paper. I know. <laughs> they think you're going to steal it, so they're after you. Fight. I'm like, what? Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to try it for the first time tomorrow night, so hopefully it'll go well. So, uh, all right. I guess the last thing we have is I'll post it in the show notes is uh, I think we've got, like, uh, I don't even know. I guess I should probably take I thought, like, this thing lasted a month but maybe it didn't, but yes, hosting and domain cost. I wanted $250. I have raised a total of $80, so you know, just toss it in there if you guys like it. I did have somebody message me, like, on Facebook, having ha- having listened to the show um, a couple episodes ago. I was like, oh, where, where's that link? And I gave it to him, and he donated money. So I was like, oh, nice. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. So, um, that was fun. So, it's like, you like me. You really like me. So, <laughs> anyway alright I think uh, when everybody gets their big stimulus checks yes yeah, yeah I'll put it back up like hey you got Trump money let's let's roll toss, toss me some shekels over here you know or whatever what, whatever Trump would call yeah, dollars uh, but it'll yeah, be orange and greasy I want to stay away from that particular term yeah <laughs> toss me some uh, <laughs> some Cheeto bucks whatever you call it some um <laughs> So spray tan dollars, you know, whatever. Toss them here. Let me, yeah, let me let me get some of that. To keep going to inspire me to, to kind of keep going. So there you go. All right, so I guess we'll say good night. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Bye-bye.